Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. And now, it's time for Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Do we sound different in the new year? I know I don't. (laughs) Darn it. I always hope there'll be a difference. Yeah, I know. There's always that glimmer of hope. And then on January 1st, it all goes away. But then I tell myself the calendar is very random. It's just a a human That's true. It's a social construct. Thank you. Um, this is Inside Conan, the important Hollywood podcast. That's right. It it, <laughs> it vaulted from A important to I'm B important. I'm upgrading us yes. in 2022. The only. How about the Because no only? one else has even tried to do a podcast about Hollywood right. that I know of. We never really ever talk about Hollywood. <laughs> I anyone tuning in like, oh, I'm going to learn about Hollywood is <laughs> going to be sorely. I, no, we, owe we you just a talk refund. about trips to the desert. Right. It could be, yeah, it might as well be an important Tucson podcast. <laughs> it doesn't, it, we should change the city every week. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't um, really matter. Well, I know I do have a Hollywood thing to talk about this week, oh, though. Oh, okay. Oh, we should, Um, I'm Jesse Gaskell, and that's Mike Sweeney. Thank you. Yeah. The Mike I, Sweeney. The Mike Sweeney. And the Jesse Gaskell. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I wanted to talk about a Hollywood thing. Why? And by the, all means, please do. This is always annoying, I think, when yeah. writers talk about this, but uh, it's screener uh, season. Okay. We've been getting screeners. You want to explain what screeners are? Yes. It's where the Academy sends out uh, DVDs of all the movies that are being considered uh-huh. for awards. And it's a military academy. We should explain yeah. that. It's weirdly this... Uh, yes, yeah, West Point. Why does the TV Academy send out movies? <laughs> I never thought about that. Well, it's the TV and Film Academy. We're members of the TV Academy. I'm not sure why we get them, to yeah. be honest. Hmm. We get to vote in them. Well, no, I don't know why. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just to throw us a bone. <laughs> they feel sorry for that we work in television. Yes, exactly. It's not the movies. Anyway, yeah, so uh, screeners. Yeah, so we, we get... So that's when a bunch of little packages come in the mail every day during right. the last couple of weeks of December. And you get excited because you get to open them and see what's what's in there. Right. And sometimes it's a movie that's like, oh, this is also on Netflix. I was like going to say, Ricardos. <laughs> it's a little, it's kind of like, oh, great, a DVD. Oh, that one's on Amazon. Y- yeah. yeah. Let me it's go... a hard copy DVD if you still have a DVD right. player. Let me go get the DVD player out of the yeah. garage <laughs> instead of watching it on Amazon. 
But I'm yeah. glad they kind of cut back because they used to also do... I mean, all the studios would do like a fancy packaging situation. So there would be like layers and layers of plastic packaging and then inside yes. it would be like a little tiny briefcase and then you'd open the briefcase right. and there would be <laughs> like a a puzzle to right. solve. So did you watch anything that changed your life? Um well we watched uh we watched House of Gucci on oh, New Year's Eve. Yes. Did you watch uh, that one? I did watch House of Gucci. Yeah, I, I didn't expect the accents to be so Oh. Robust. <laughs> yeah. Well, some people really swung for the fences. They did. Well, and That's can fine. I tell you yes, an embarrassing please. thing? Um, yeah. It wasn't till after the movie ended. Yeah. So there's this character, this uncle guy, who's basically like, it's sort of mar- marinara face <laughs> that he's doing. It's very yes. over the top Italian. Uh, oh, I, I knew. I had a hunch you might go for that character. Yeah, yeah. And I oh, mean, I, I know what you're going to say. Okay. I have a hunch. Go ahead. So it was just a really over the top, crazy performance. And I was like, crazy. who is this actor? And why did right. he, why was he allowed to do this? <laughs> yes. Against, he wasn't chewing. I, I don't know what the next level is beyond chewing. He was swallowing it whole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was regurgitating scenery. Yes. Yes. Um, no. And it's so, I mean, his name is basically. Johnny Pastrami. He's like right. the most over-the-top <laughs> right. Italian caricature. And right. then in the credits, the credits roll, and uh, the name Jared Leto comes up in the credits. Yes. And I was like, wait, who is Jared Leto in the movie? <laughs> and it, that's who he was. They had completely transformed yes. him with prosthetics yes. and a crazy bald cap. And yeah. it, I just had no idea. And I feel so stupid that I didn't know that Oh, that was him. He was absolutely... The only way you would know is if you knew going in. Which, yeah. Which I did because I work in Hollywood. You read the trade. I read, yeah. I read the trade. No, somewhere I'd seen that he was in the movie playing... I think I had re- read a partial review that said, you know, be prepared for Jared Leto in this. It was a warning. It was an actual warning. <laughs> at, at Jared this Leto. This film may cause 14. Jared Leto. <laughs> right. But yes, it's crazy. Yeah, like yeah. my wife, my wife had zero idea that was him. It's- oh man, that really it just blew my mind. Um, and it made sense then that that this was treated with so much care. This role, <laughs> right? Uh, I wonder if he demands like I will be in your movie, but you've got to like here's a sketch of you know what I what mean? What I want to look like? Because yeah. didn't he, didn't he do that when he played the Joker? Like it was all about yeah. how. His transformation. Transformation. So it makes me think he he doesn't... I mean, he's a perfectly fine-looking fellow, but he yeah. doesn't... I he just wants to look worse, I think. Yeah, he doesn't... And it's, he, he's, he doesn't know how to physically make himself look worse. Right. I think he needs... I'm assuming he's in therapy, but more therapy <laughs> where he, he's okay with his regular puss in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> anyway... It's yeah, it's really worth seeing because <laughs> it's something. It, no, it's no, the movies I I I mean I enjoyed it, but I kind of knew it was kind of a, you know, kind of pulpy sort oh, of. Yeah. I don't even know what the it's not exactly campy, but it's a little yeah, camp adjacent. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's I now that I'm older, I actually I'm like, "Ooh, it's Tuscany, you know. Oh, <laughs> oh we're in Milan." Yeah, I, were they in Cortona I, at all? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, what What did you do over the holidays? Well, 
I watched every Jared Leto movie. I <laughs> we we went to Palm Springs for a few days. That's right. Over for uh, New Year's. I knew we were going to get to the desert. Right. Yes, we did. We were Tucson adjacent, sort of. No, we're in Palm Springs, which is you know a fascinating. It's like strange little Los place. Angeles. It. You know what? It's to me. It's like the San Fernando Valley South. Yeah. Because. <laughs> There's a lot of kitschy stuff. Like they lean into the same way I think the Valley here in LA does. They yeah. kind of, I think, embrace some of their, you know, kitschiness. Um, yeah, there's a lot of lawn flamingos. Yes, exactly. It's very mid-century. Yes. Uh, robust. And then we drove, the, my favorite part was we drove down to the Salton Sea. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. good. Well, we were with another couple visiting our, our old pals from uh, Philly and they had, not, uh, they really haven't spent a lot of time in Palm Springs. So we took them right to the I love that you sea. were like, let's leave this this beautiful resort right. area and go to a wasteland. To <laughs> a- absolute ecological uh, wasteland. Yeah, and, toxic dump. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did they like it? Or were I, they like, oh, I, Sweeney, you always they, bring us <laughs> to they, toxic dumps. They might have been, you know, we'll, You'd have to record them with their friends when they go back to Philly as to what they really thought. At the time, they were like, this is uh, amazing. <laughs> as we're in a place, you know, like Slab City where yeah. it's just all squatters. I mean, it's all—it's very Mad Max, the whole salt on it sea. It is, yes. Which, which um, is this strange man-made sea below Palm Springs, like an hour south of Palm Springs, that, you know, is evaporating now uh, because it has no new source of water and all the fish are dying. And it, yeah, it's extra it, salty. It reeks. Like we got out of the car at this place called Bombay Beach and it, we had to run back to the car because it smelled so bad. Bombay Beach? <laughs> There's a, a place called Bomb, Bombay. Oh, Bombay. Beach. I thought, oh, it'd be perfect. It was named after a, I know. another... Natural disaster. Yes, that would be. I yes, exactly. <laughs> Chernobyl <laughs> Beach, but and, and it's there was like a little wedding ceremony going on there. Not a wedding oh. ceremony. A a, a, a church ceremony, like an outdoor. Huh. It was ve- again. It was it very apocalyptic. Creepy. Well, yeah. it, that was going on while people were tearing up and down this. Did you go back to make beach. sure those church people didn't like? Do yeah. a Nikes and Kool Aid thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, seriously, we we gave that that meeting a wide. But we stayed like three hundred yards away yeah. from that because you're right. It did seem a little a little it, spooky. Yeah. Unless they know something we don't. Yeah. Hmm. Just my advice to anyone going to Palm Springs: skip Palm Springs and go yeah. to Salton Sea. <laughs> yeah, take a very long mm-hmm. detour. Yes. To see something awful. It but... really, it really is awful. Yeah. It's. I hope it's not a metaphor for the way our country's going. <laughs> Depends who you ask. Right. Well, we've probably blabbed way too much as usual. Oh, yeah, we always do. Mm-hmm. But we covered Jared Leto and a dying man-made sea. Mm-hmm. So, you know. So that's what's up in Hollywood. <laughs> that's right. That's the latest from Tinseltown. That's the Hollywood Minute. Uh-huh. The Hollywood 10 Minutes. High salt content. We are barnstorming our way this season through Conan's uh, late night career. We started Late night back- legacy. Exactly. It's more than a career. It's a legacy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we started back in 93 and we're hopping around, working our way uh, through the seasons. And we've got some exciting guests coming up 
Yeah, we're going to get year. into the the sort of middle years. Right. Uh, the fat middle years yes. in NBC. And we have uh, some very famous former interns coming up on the show. Um, a certain Jack McBrayer. Uh, uh, Jack McBrayer, not an intern. Yeah, not an intern, but a Jack McBrayer. Um, right. And then we're going to get into the late night wars. Right. And then the TBS years. So yes. there's still a lot to come. Yes, there is. And we have some great guests like Adam Pally will be coming along and Vanessa Bayer. Yep. Vanessa Bayer was an intern. She right? was an intern. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And there may be other famous interns that we haven't even That's discovered right. yet. There's still time for interns to become famous and then be on the podcast. <laughs> if ever you needed extra motivation to make it in Hollywood, <laughs> you can be on Inside Conan. Well, hey, let's get our show started because I love this interview. Oh, yeah. Have today. Great, yeah, this is a fun guest. It's really fun. I kind of can't yeah. believe we got her. <laughs> I, I know. She doesn't normally talk to the press. It's quite a coup. Yeah. But uh, um, she's working on a project. So, you know, that she is. She, yeah. So she, I think, she, is legally obligated to exactly. talk to us. Uh, yeah. It's Conan's wife, the brilliant Liza Powell O'Brien. Yes. She's, she's really fun to talk to and she's very funny as well. She is. She's super funny. She's a really talented writer um, and she's going to talk about her new podcast project mm -hmm. but we're also of course going to be discussing how she and Conan met on a late night remote that you were at as well. You saw it go down. Yes. I, I was complicit in some way. <laughs> you were. <laughs> I know. You were pimping Conan out. Yes. Anyway, here's Liza Powell O'Brien. We have a very special guest today. We're here with Liza Powell O'Brien. No relation. No, none, she is actually <laughs> married to Conan O'Brien. Uh, and they met on set at a remote that was shot. Sweeney, you were there. I was you there. You saw, was saw it all two, happen. It was a while ago. It was the year 2000, actually. And um, the remote went... Uh, clearly, the remote went very well. <laughs> and The, uh, the, re the remote was terrible. <laughs> the marriage is good. But the but chemistry the was great. Bad. But Liza was working at an ad agency mm -hmm. in New York City that you guys used to help create an ad for... Yeah, for uh, one of um, our late night advertisers in Houston. Yeah. And, uh, so she was were, just there minding her own business. That's right. You were toiling away as a cop, advertising copywriter, mm -hmm. living the, the Mad Men... I guess there was no Mad Men lifestyle in 2000, but... No. If there was, I was not living it. You weren't allowed to smoke indoors then. And uh, so now you're a playwright. Right. Yeah, that's yes. exciting. It is exciting. How, how do you kind of zero in on what you want to write about when you're writing a play? You know, often it's something that I can't stop worrying about. Huh. You know, that like something, I keep trying to kind of resolve it in my head, whether it's an idea of something out in the world or something that I've experienced. And if there's like kind of, uh, if it's stubborn and I can't quite decide how to feel about it or what to do about it, sometimes that'll become, you know, a good thing to try and write about. Right. It's that's almost like work, it. working out a problem that's... Or or even just identifying. A pro I mean, often... Mm -hmm. um, Chekhov, I think, said that writers, what writers are meant to do is not answer questions, but frame them correctly. So mm. even just sort of figuring out what are the 
forces that are in opposition here that I am struggling to reconcile. Sometimes right. that is the work of it. And don't worry about the ending. <laughs> right. Well, the endings are really, <laughs> endings really hard. hard part. Yeah. It's hard. Most people fall asleep by that point in the theater anyway. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> it can always be rewritten. Doesn't matter. Just, just write a good first act. That's right. Well, how, how did you get into playwriting? I took a class when I was at um, Columbia getting my MFA in fiction. I took a class outside my discipline in playwriting that was taught by Ellen McLaughlin, who is uh, an amazing playwright and actor. And she was the muse for, she's like one of Tony Kushner's muses and, or oh. maybe his only, I don't know. I don't know him. So that, that's what I've been told. But anyway, she played, he wrote the part of the angel and angels in America for her. Mm. And, oh, wow. um, and she was teaching technically at Barnard, but I was able to take the class. Um, and it was, I, I, it was not, I, it may have been my favorite class in graduate school. Anyway, I loved it and um, found, finished my collection of short stories that no one should ever read and will, <laughs> the, the, no danger of that happening. Um, and then, uh, you know, we had this big move from New York to LA for The Tonight Show. And so that took up a lot of time and energy and we had little kids. And then finally... Um, I was able to kind of sit down and write again after a couple of years away from it. And I realized that I wanted to be writing plays. That's how it happened. Which, of course, like what idiot moves away from New York City and starts to try and work (laughs) in the theater? That would be me. Well, uh, one thing we were, uh, I don't know if you've ever talked about this, probably not on a podcast, but is how (laughs) you and Conan met. Mm -hmm. And... um, it was all sort of memorialized on video, little snippets of video. And in your memory, Mike Sweeney. That's right. I was there. there. Sweeney was, was there. there. Yes, he so was. So I am, I'm the objective third party who mm-hmm. saw everything. You're the eye of God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back in the, the late 1990s, you know, Conan, I had Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Show was on at 1235 everywhere, except... For some reason in Houston, Texas, the show at first came on at 2.40, 2.40 in the morning. They would show reruns of like Ricky Lake and, and all these other shows, Entertainment Tonight, anything to put off the Conan show coming on. It came on at 2.40. And then I think in the year 2000, it got moved up to 2.10 a.m., <laughs> which was like a giant half hour victory. And uh, to celebrate, Conan was looking at, like, oh, let's see who our advertisers are on our show at 2.10 a.m. in Houston. And it was, you know, there were a lot of great low-budget commercials going on at that time, including there were two commercials for different furniture companies. And uh, (laughs) Conan had a contest to see, ask our fans, which one of these commercial uh, sponsors do you like the best? And everyone loved this guy named Hilton because he did an ad with a chainsaw and he, he would just tear up the the furniture with a chainsaw. So Conan, uh, we, we had the idea to bring him to New York and give him an advertising makeover because his ads needed, could use some sprucing up. And I, w- I was running this remote and I had to pick an advertising agency and I had a list I, of the top advertising agencies in New York. And one of them was Footcomb and Belding. And I don't know how we zeroed in on 
foot comb and belding, but that's where we decided to go. We went with Hilton. It was an act of God. It was an act of God and Conan. <laughs> and uh, you, Liza, were one of the creative people that we interviewed about how to make a new commercial for Hilton. Yes, I was. Yes. So how did how did that happen? Like, how did you get to be part of the team that was going to be part of this late night remote segment? Do you remember? Yes, I do remember. And what I love about this is that, you know, when you're married or you're a couple, people will say, like, how did you meet? Right. And I love this whole story. And so I would always go, okay, so the affiliate in Houston and Cone would be like, <laughs> just <laughs> stop it. Just get to, like, do it at summary, overview. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> so I really... Um, we're, you know, and we're mucking around in my favorite weeds right now. But uh, I, on a Friday afternoon, was called into my creative director's office. I was a copywriter. And he said, and I think my partner, Jen, came in with me. And they said, and maybe a couple of other people. And they said, you need to come in at nine on Monday morning. And we were like, what? Because creative people don't come in till 10. Why are you calling us in early? What is this? And they said, we can't tell you what it's for. And then someone said they heard an, a rumor that it had to do with a mattress store who was an, like a client and something to do with the Conan O'Brien show. And mm -hmm. so we all went home for the weekend worrying about how we would be mocked on national television, basically. And so we came in uh, Monday morning not knowing anything about what was going to happen and they put us in this room and we waited for you guys to show up. And yeah. I, I think, I don't know, you were not there at 9 a.m., but... Um, no way. No <laughs> yeah. way. No. Um, so I'm not sure what we that was all about. We showed up at 10 a.m. at our office. Yes. And he was really sick that day. He, like, had a bad cold. And so he was grumpy and didn't want to be doing a remote and didn't want to be there, you know, early on a Monday morning. And um, so... He being Conan. me. No, he yes. being Conan. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, right. Um, the capital H. Sorry, you couldn't hear oh, the I don't, capital I don't H. Remember, I don't remember that. Oh, you don't? Yeah. Because he, he's no. always grumpy. On yeah, this. exactly. <laughs> That's right. It didn't distinguish it for you. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, and it's hard to know what part of my memory of the event is the video of the event. You know, right. it's blended over time. Um, right. But I remember we were all in a... In a, in a corner office and um, you guys were telling us what was going to happen. And, and I also remember being out in like the reception area wearing safety goggles and, and this part's in the remote and, and, and Hilton is carving up furniture with his chainsaw right there. And um, so... Right. I, I don't know if we... I guess we brought that chair. I don't know if we brought that chair or just... Found said, one. Hey, we'll pay you back. Probably. Yeah, you were probably the latter. Cut this up? <laughs> yeah. Probably and then you the never ladder. paid them back. Yeah. Yes. Um I you know why he's probably also cranky is because it was a show day. Uh-huh. And shooting a remote on the same day. day where then he's got to go back and prepare for that night show mm -hmm. was a real it was a drag. Mm -hmm. It was like an extra imposition. Yeah. So yeah. Uh yeah, that that I remember. Because I remember when we were done, it was around noon, and that's really late to be wrapping to up the, a pre-tape yeah. and get back to do the show that day. But he was not in a rush to get out of the room. 
No, he was I not. I think we know why that is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. So, yeah. So we, there were like five people, I think, on our side who were called into that room. And I don't remember every single one who was there. I know my my partner, Jen, was there. And I think our friend Robbie was there. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were all sort of in that nervous, like, what are they going to do to us pose? And and uh, you guys were great and said, you know, the, the point is not to make you the butt of the joke and we're going to bring this guy in and you're going to watch his commercial and then you're going to give your expert opinion. And um, and so, you know, we we did all of that. And then... And I, and then our, you also have to be nervous because you're there. Was your boss in the room as well? I don't well? think our bosses were in the oh, okay. room. No. All right. Okay. Um, but yeah, no. And I, I so we were more nervous about like, a TV camera. Like that was a very, sure. you know, in the late 90s, you'd never saw one of those in your room. You know, now everyone's got right. cameras everywhere. But um, anyway, so we were self-conscious and stuff. But uh, but you guys were very nice to us. And um, and so it took, a, I don't know, a couple hours, maybe three hours. And I remember at one point, Conan said something to me um, I can't remember the first thing he said to me that felt kind of like, wait, what's happening here? Is this guy flirting with me? <laughs> oh. But he asked um, like where I'd gone to school. And I think it was when the cameras were not on. And right. all of a sudden it was like we were sort of on a date in, in the middle right. of this room full of other people. <laughs> and he was like, what did you study in school? And what was your thesis? I mean, we were having this full-on like first day conversation out of nowhere. And literally every other person was looking at each other going, what, should we go? What's going right, on? Right, right. Um, so then... But he could kind of fit it in under the guise of like, well, you know, I'm just trying to warm up the room and put everyone at ease. That's right. By and I only had, talking to this one, right, one woman. Right. And <laughs> I had this, I, I, I didn't know him. I didn't know, you know, I just like, he's... Well, I was going to ask that. Did you, because you said you knew the show was on TV. That's you right. It was yes. a, I <laughs> didn't know that. I had heard of but him. But you didn't have any impressions show. of Conan before that. None. I had no idea if he was, you know, like what brand of celebrity are we talking about here? And so I was like, well, so if he is... <laughs> I like what brand? Yeah, like our, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the young blonde in the room and maybe that's all this is. He's just like, this is the shick. Um, I had no idea how seriously to take it. Um, right. So, uh, and I felt kind of dumb, actually, for, for taking it seriously at all because I, I was like I, maybe he just does this every time he walks into a room and I'm you know the idiot who thinks that it has to do with me so right 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 oh you uh, mean after he was started when we chat asking a lot of questions yeah, yeah. exactly is that even flirting yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah for us I know with cameras there super, and a, super hot a, yeah a sound guy and everyone's wearing mics talk about and he's thesis interviewing you literature yep no, I remember at the end, I think we were done. I don't know if we're out in the reception area or down or downstairs in the in lobby. The lobby. Uh-huh. Yes. And you guys were <laughs> chatting away. <laughs> and I, I've been on a lot of rope modes with him and that had never happened. <laughs> Especially on a show day. I, I knew something. Yeah. Because it was like, a we, show day. You know we've wrapped, right? right. You can, yeah, exactly. You get to leave. Yeah, no, and, we did. We ran into each other in the lobby as I was going out to get lunch. And uh, right. and I, you know, I didn't know anything about the way your days worked or anything. I was like, you want right. to co- come? You want to go get lunch? I mean, right. now I know 
he has never once in his life gone and gotten lunch on a work day, ever. So, <laughs> you know. No. Maybe. Maybe. Wait, later. did he say yes to lunch? He did not. He was, no. he, okay. he had to regretfully decline that offer. We did have a crazy conversation in which I, <laughs> I said, um, <laughs> I cannot believe. Yeah. I said this to him. I, the first day we met and I was um, 29 at the time. And I don't know how we got on this subject, but I swear to God, it's not as out of the blue as I'm making it sound. But I said, <laughs> my gynecologist has told me I need to have all of my babies out of my body by the time I'm 34. So <laughs> oh my literally God. that sentence came out of my face and he didn't run away, which says something about yeah, him. Yeah, good normally, or bad about him. Right. <laughs> that's kryptonite yeah for men. so every, you know somehow we were having some sort of subterranean discussion on a on a profound level um or i was a crazy person and he just happened not to care so or he was ready to settle down i think he was getting ready was like yeah i've just been looking for he got his marching orders yeah <laughs> <laughs> kind of um well liza so then did you go back to the office and talk to your coworkers about this yeah. i mean did you tell people yeah, I didn't tell people, but the people who had been in the room literally came in my office and were like, what the fuck was that? And I said, <laughs> oh, so everyone sensed it. I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was weird. It was really, it was, yes, it was palpable. And um, and I said to, you know, the two people that I had to talk to about it, I was like, I feel like an idiot for, I, I can't take this seriously, right? Like, he's on television. What? What? Right. Um, yeah, normally he's not, he's not it would a real be like, person. Right. Yeah. And I completely understand your perspective of, oh, this probably happens all the time and I'd just be the flavor yeah. of the week. That's without, right. Because you didn't know him. That's right. And know that that was not possible exactly. for him. That's exactly right. <laughs> yes. I, I quickly learned that that was not his style. But uh, but at that point, I, I didn't know. So, so yeah, I talked about it. And, and, then, um, and then there was a follow-up to the remote a couple of weeks later or maybe a week later? Right. Well, the, the remote, um, the, the second part is you guys presenting the commercial. Right. So we put together like a an improved version of the commercial that we were pitching, right. which was like a, you know, total fantasy. We ripped footage that we could never, you know, whatever. It was not a real right, commercial. Right, right. Um, and then you guys edited, edited it for us, right? I think I gave you oh, a yes, script. Oh, yes, I think we did. And you made it. Which I was like, oh, this I like. Right. Now this very nice <laughs> right. guy named Mike Sweeney seems to be like my editor. And that I can get on board with. <laughs> we put it together. And yeah. then we came back, right? For... Yeah, you came back and you, you, you showed it to us so that we could... And him and Hilton. I think he came back to New York. I, yes, I, he came back to New York. Yeah. And so we showed him this ad that we had made. And he was like, that looks good. And probably would, you know, if you ever ran that ad, it would cost $2 million for one <laughs> airing. But, but Conan was there for that too, right? He so, was. And then So after, what happened? <laughs> anything happened that time? Because I don't remember anything. Oh, really? You don't time? remember no. him saying, now's the time in a, at the end. Now's the time when we all go out for beers afterwards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. And you, lo you looked at him and you said, what? And he said, you know how we always do. And the camera guys were like, what? what? <laughs> I did forget about you that. You did? And then we went to a bar, all of us. Oh, right. And we right. all, and you guys were all sitting there like, can we please leave? This is such a charade. Why do we have to be part of this? Well, we knew, yeah. yeah we right. knew it was yes. going on. But right. I, so, yeah. I can't tell you what a testament this is to you. I have to tell you, the idea of him 
on a, on a, again, a show day, carving personal time out. It just never. No kidding. You mentioned your for anything. Your ticking biological clock. <laughs> all of it. Uh huh. I could have gone so wrong. I'm horning in on his work time. No, I did everything yeah. wrong. Everything wrong. No, like I have. I do remember alarm bells. Just in terms of like, this is totally upending the cart. This is crazy. It's happening. I, I and I'm I'm not the host. I was like, what's going to happen to the show today? Exactly. He's going out for a beer. He's lost and, and his even the mind. First time yeah. Talking in the lobby, I remember talking in the lobby, just thinking like, "Oh my god, this he doesn't have time for this." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, there's a moment in that section of the remote too that commenters on YouTube have found where he says your name, Liza, uh-huh. and they think you're the only person uh-huh. whose name he says. Uh-huh. So that's uh-huh. people have zeroed in on that. That's I funny. think in hindsight, yeah. Well, that's, that, that's pretty accurate. I'm sure. Well, the, you know, those commenters might like to look at the raw footage because I believe <laughs> I ruined 85 percent of what we shot because I kept laughing over every. Like I would laugh at every single thing he said, uh, and I ruined well, I everyone else's lives. I was curious about that because mm-hmm. the way they edited it. I mean, I don't know when the last time you watched the remote was. It's been a while. It's been a while, and you know, <laughs> you he's, ne- he's never watched it. He won't watch it. Oh, wow. Oh, he, wants, really? he wants to remember it instead, which oh, is like, sweet, but also like, are you afraid you're going to reconsider? Like, I don't know uh, what really. At no, this he's point. probably just going to be embarrassed of it that he Maybe. was. He says he prefers his memory to whatever yeah, the truth is, sure. which is it's fine. But it, it's pretty, I mean, uh, if you just want to put the, the remote, it's yeah. all very subtle. It's yes. only in hindsight. It's yes. very subtle, but it yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. They edited it so that you are not laughing at him, mm-hmm. Liza. <laughs> You're just stone faced. I know. And I was wondering if you really did find him funny in the. Oh my the god! Moment. No, it was. It, it, I was obnoxious. I was absolutely obnoxious at how funny I found him. Yeah, I edited all that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm a terrible straight person. Especially what about him. the other people in the room? Were others laughing, or was it just yeah. you? Yeah, no, others were laughing, but I think I was loud. Is the problem. Other people might have been. I think a little it bit was the solution. Actually, <laughs> it did work for him. I think he didn't. Think he didn't did. mind <laughs> terribly. No. So I guess I'm assuming then after the the beers happened, the the beers with many onlookers, uh-huh. um, that you two exchanged information or somehow. Well, things continued not right away, which was oh. interesting. Um, yes, so. He said, do you guys want to come to the show to watch this whole remote air in front of an audience? And we said, yes, of course. It's a tradition. We always have the remote. Right, right, (laughs) right. So we did. What a smooth operator. Oh, my God. I know. You should have said, hey, it's on TV. Why would I (laughs) go all the way to the studio? Um, Yeah, so we did. We went and we watched like from the green room or something. and, And then he came and said hello Afterwards, and I was wearing a baseball hat. I don't know why. And he walked <laughs> into the green room. I don't think you were there for this, Sweens. And he looked at me and he said, take that off. And I did. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 it was so weird. But anyway, um, and then he said, why did you do what I said? So, yeah, oh, I was, boy. we were off to the races. Yeah. Yeah, you really oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was getting the full show day treatment. Now, that was showtime. That was his show persona. 
Yeah, um, so he's, he's kind of wound up. He yeah, had to be on. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, telling um, people to remove their hats. Yeah. For no apparent reason. <laughs> That's right. That's how he warms up for the show. Right, and then shitting on them when they do what he asks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, so that happened, and then, um, and then I had to go to L.A. for work, and cool. the thing, and it was super cool, and then it aired while we were out here. Um and then that was kind of it. That was like the end of our alliance. And there was no excuse anymore. And, right. and Sweeney, I don't know if you remember this, but I called you because I had your number. Right. And I said, this feels really dumb, but would you pass a note to him for me? Because I didn't know how to get him Aww. any communication. You know, do you remember? Of course I remember okay. this. Right. And yeah. I, I was just like, I thought it was adorable. I was like, sure, I'll pass the note. I, I think I charged you a reasonable fee. Uh-huh. <laughs> Guess I which I, I still owe you. you. Is it compounding <laughs> interest? <laughs> um, yeah, and so I just I just wrote a note saying like, you know, it was really nice talking to you. And if you ever want to continue the conversation, here's my number. By the way, he hates this part of the story. He hates this part of the story so much that he used to try and get me not to tell it. Yeah, well, yeah, he's going to edit this, so. Yeah, well, I know, there I was, we go. It'll be lost to posterity. That's fine. Why does he Why does he hate this part of I the story? I think because I was so impatient, which I am. I'm very impatient and I can be a little bossy. And he didn't yeah. like that I was I was beating him to the manly punch. Well, that's oh. what I was going to I was going to guess that he knows he should have been the one to do it and he's embarrassed that he wasn't. Well, it wasn't that he was embarrassed so much as he was getting there. And okay. he was like, slow your roll. But I was like, dude, I, I get you know, that. I don't, he said, I, <laughs> I said, I didn't know if you would, I was about to change jobs. Um, right. And, and I didn't, so he, and, and, you know, sometimes people didn't know how to spell my last name because it only had one L. And I was like, I, what if you couldn't find me? And he said. And there was no Facebook. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, there may have been, but I wasn't on it. Um, but he said, I have an entire department of people who do nothing but find things for me. I would have found you. It's fine. I was just like, well, whatever. I asserted myself and I'm proud of that. I remember I, I, I brought in the note, you know, I just like, uh, you know, I didn't say anything. I said, here you go. (laughs) I think you were, you probably wrote something humorous or or something that tickled him in the note. Cause he was like, uh, he's just like, she wrote me a great note. I don't know if it was great. Oh, yes. I think that no, might rem- have been. I remember the, that. I remember that. He was, he was just like. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it was that no, great. But, was, but I like that he was, liked it. He was, yes. He was, I just remember him being like really impressed. And I was like, wow, okay, this is. Because I, you know, I, well, I'd been working there like, I don't know, four years. Mm. But I'd been on a lot of remotes with him. Nothing right. like this had ever happened. Right. So, right. It, it did stand out. Yeah. Um, and then, and then it, and then he was, you guys were on hiatus for like two weeks or something. So it took a while still, even after that, he like went, his mom was having some health issues. He went home to Boston, whatever. So there was a little bit of a, a you know, an ellipse, well, an ellipsis of time after I sent the note. Well, and Oh yeah. So were you just sure. biting your nails over uh, yeah, it? Yeah, sort of like, I may never hear from this person again. I didn't know. I could see... You know, like there's such a connection there. Him almost being afraid to to dive in because right. right. you know, because it's a little scary. I yes. think when you yeah. meet someone, 
and I with think, that intense connection. Absolutely, and especially yeah. when they're talking about childbirth, they've got a timeline. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, um, <laughs> yeah. He probably was trying to buy himself just a little bit more freedom. Right, right, right. Um, but but then when he finally did um, reach out to me, it was like he he called me at like eleven p.m. on a Tuesday or some crazy thing like that, mm-hmm. and um, I. And Better we, than a Friday or sh- Saturday. <laughs> was he? Did he say? I just want to make sure you're watching the show tonight. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. How hard did you laugh? Um, uh, oh, did you feel like? I I don't mean to interrupt the calling you story, but did you feel like in the meantime, like I better bone, I better little, start watching this guy's a show. Little. And you know and what happened? Like, yeah. So so I was, and I was enjoying it, and then and then we had our first. And conversation. did you like him more or less after that? Um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 so different. Like, it's so different to enact, you know, encounter someone through their performance on television versus in person that it was almost right. um, adjacent. It, like, wasn't, it didn't really impact it either way. And um, and when he finally called, we talked till like, two in the morning. We were 30 blocks apart. I could literally almost see his apartment from mine. And right. we just talked for hours. And then that happened a few more times over the next few weeks. And... It was actually really amazing. I was really glad we kind of had that almost pretend long distance relationship because I think it was it was really, really nice. But during that period, when I was watching his show, I found myself getting really resentful that I couldn't talk back to him, that I'm watching the show uh-huh. and he's communicating to me, but I couldn't participate and I had to stop watching. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that, so interesting. that's a good excuse. I know. It's fast. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> um, it was... It was too I, it wasn't complicated too way, so from I, a communication yeah. standpoint. So <laughs> I'm no longer a viewer. No. Uh, that's, <laughs> but that's probably better any like Well, I try to say that. I try to say, like, listen, if I was just like some, right. you know, rabid fan of yours, your pers- your right. public persona, that would be weird. And he's like, mm, I could handle it. Yeah. <laughs> He'd love it if I was a fan. You could have a few more tattoos of me totally. on you. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like every every step of this was really authentically yes. you being yourself and yeah. him being himself and yeah. it just worked, which is yeah. so sweet. Yeah. No, it, it it was it was really sweet to kind of watch it just naturally unfold. So well, I'm glad that you were there. And then I'm glad you were at the <laughs> wedding, as was Hilton. We invited... Oh, my God, Hilton? Oh, we I invited no Hilton way. to the wedding. And he In came. Seattle, Did he hometown. cut the cake with a chainsaw? <laughs> that would have been really good. Um, no, he was there with his wife and his kid, like his two-year-old mm. kid or one-and-a-half-year-old kid. Anyway, it was very sweet that he came. Um, that is very sweet. No, that was a great wedding. It was, was a great, great wedding. Thank you. Um, have your kids ever seen the remote where the, you met their dad? They have. They watched it a few years ago for the first time. And that, that was fine. They really kind of didn't Were they care. like, cringe, mom? No, they, they kind of didn't. I don't know. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with looking at my parents' wedding photos and pictures right. of them when they were dating. Mm. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's generational, if these kids are so used to everything being memorialized in, you know, photographic form that they right. don't realize it's, you know, rare or special or yeah. you lose a lot. I don't know. They don't, they're like, okay. But all, no. <laughs> also their dad's on TV every day. So it's Maybe. just like, uh, more, more from his show. Okay. Yeah. It happens to include you. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's a funny thing with kids where they're like, you're not at all exotic to them. You're the definition right. of not interesting. And so <laughs> why would they be more interested in you in a different format? They would right. not. So, But th- but th- they could come around to that. Maybe. Like maybe 10 yeah, years from I now. All later of a sudden, on, yes. it'll hit them. Maybe. Yeah. When, yeah. Once they start going through similar things in their lives, they're probably like, oh my God, that... Yeah. The tape's crazy. They were people just like us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or if that guy had not sawed his furniture up with a chainsaw, we might not exist. I know. Right. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Well, and so you left advertising, you got an MFA in fiction writing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then and you became a playwright, uh-huh. which is so cool. The 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 theater did not have a great COVID time. Oh man, um, that's right. Yes. Yeah, and there's uh, a lot of like you know sort of social justice readjustments happening in the theater world, which right. are long overdue and very exciting. Right. Um, but it's not productions are um, scarce at the moment, to put it wow. mildly. The backlog and the theaters want to honor commitments to playwrights, but then, you know, they're also trying to sort of shift priorities in some instance. It's a really fascinating and kind of awful time in some ways there. But you do have a new writing outlet, which is, which we want to talk about. I do have a new writing outlet. um, Yes, which, uh, speaking of nerdy, um, (laughs) which is a, a podcast. Uh, a, oh. about it's called I don't think those are going to work out yeah I will <laughs> um, this one you know we'll see um, 
it is called Significant Others, and it's basically trying to look at um, people who are influential uh, in the lives of well-known historical figures that that may be sort of less, not appreciated, but lesser known. So... Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. overlooked spouses of successful people. <laughs> not only spouses, <laughs> not only spouses, also, you know, their parents or friends or relatives. So they happen to be mostly spouses to start because those are the most glaring examples. But right. yeah, it is. It's probably no um, mystery how I arrived at this subject. But <laughs> <laughs> but I do like, not had feel... this idea for 21 years. That's right, exactly. <laughs> well, I weirdly have been collecting these stories for a really long time, not because of the circumstance that I'm in, but because I've always been just sort of curious about, you know, I remember watching the documentary on Frank Lloyd Wright, for example, and they uh-huh. talked about how, you know, he was super ambitious um, and his wife, I think they had, I don't know, they had a bunch of kids and his wife really loved hanging out with all the kids and he was like, yeah, that's not going to work for me. And like went down the street and took up with a neighbor. And, you know, so that kind of story yeah. has always been really interesting to me of these like people who are engaged in sharing a life and the two sides of that experience are vastly different. That's right. I think, Yeah, I think about that all the time, too, that ev- nothing we have on, on this planet would have been possible without somebody doing childcare and right. maintaining mm-hmm. the day-to-day of a of a home, yeah. So that someone else can go out and invent things, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and heretofore you only get one side of the story, right? That's right. Yeah, his, yeah. history is written by the victors and people with wives or maids, with <laughs> right? Like care. Yeah, yeah. No one else has time to sit at a typewriter, right? Yeah. So. Well, Liza, before we go, I wanted to bring up, I was sitting behind you at the final Conan show at Mm -hmm. Largo, um, which we luckily got to do a few live Mm -hmm. shows before the show ended. Um, And the last one at Largo was really emotional. Mm -hmm. And it was so sweet at the end. Conan had a long list of thank yous to people. um, And he gave a really sweet and heartfelt thank you to you. He did. So I was wondering how you felt at seeing that show, if that was emotional for you? Um, it's making me emotional now. Um, <laughs> I know. I. Uh, it's funny because I was completely unprepared for that. You know, he's so, there's like, I, t- I call it the separation of church and state, like in our, you know, life, there's like his, his private life and then his job and, and they've just always been very delineated and, and that makes a lot of sense. And, uh, and so it it does seem like, you know, if there ever were going to be a moment where he would talk publicly about something personal, you know, it's going to be a moment like that, but I still was sort of surprised by it. I did not anticipate it. I didn't know he was going to say anything about anything in particular. Um, I was really glad I had happened to take a shower that day because <laughs> like, they were putting the camera on us. And uh, so... Your hair smelled great. Thank I you. I didn't notice that. I don't know. I... I um, it was an emotional... Ugh, it's so... The whole thing's so weird to have, to have wound down at the end of that strange COVID period was really right. weird. I and, know. Um, 
So I don't know. It all felt very organic and and authentic to him, and and I liked that. And um, I loved, you know, I, I loved that I wasn't the only one being singled out. You know, I loved that Sona got in there, and right. um, and uh, he, was, he was trying to embarrass a lot of people. That's exactly right. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I was in good company. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So but no, he did a big wind up. It was like, but the one person yeah, I have to thank the most, and I was like, okay, this better be Liza. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Bill Tall from Prom. <laughs> I mean, I literally, it could have been his mother and I wouldn't have been surprised. You know, I was yeah. not, even at that point in the windup, I was like, okay, let's see who this is going to be about. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, very, very sweet of him, though. Well, they had asked the network for more time because... I know. Wow. Uh, the thank you, you know, it was supposed to be a half hour show and I think it ran... 40 minutes, 10 minutes gushing about you. No. <laughs> That's true love. Yes. How has it been having him home a little bit more? <laughs> well, I again, can answer that one. <laughs> Fantastic. It's been great. What? <laughs> um, it Again, I think if we hadn't just had that weird lockdown period to sort of right. break us all in, it might have been stranger, but um, there hasn't been that big a change. And, you know, he's still going off to do podcasting stuff and he's Mm -hmm. still, um, you know, bothering Mike Sweeney a lot and Matt O'Brien a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, for years, was terrified of the loss of that structure, you know, that it really was such an organizing principle in our lives. um, And we relied on it in a way, even though, you know, it could be like too confining sometimes. but it hasn't been um it hasn't been a huge shift and also uh you know we're at a point in our family life where it's great that he's around to like drive someone somewhere if i need help with that or you know i've been kind of like only doing the domestic stuff for so long that to have him a little bit more available for some of that is is amazing not too yeah. available Once we don't want to teach him how to do things yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think my nightmare is that he'll realize that everything I do is really not that hard <laughs> at home. He, and, he leaves the house and then hands the keys off to someone he's hired to drive the kids. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we used to compare notes because back when I was head writer, it's when you're the head writer, you're kind of like the, the show wife. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. That's right. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a bit... So you two have a special connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well, and now... it's kind of a hot potato of, oh, thank God he's giving Mike a hard time right now because yeah. that means <laughs> right, I'm right. out of the glare. <laughs> and now it's Matt O'Brien. So now... That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The new, the new sister wife. Mm-hmm. No, he's like That's a bigamist right. now. I'm like That's the right. older yeah. wife that he... <laughs> He, right. you know, You're the one you don't have to worry about him coming into the right. He's respectful night. to me, yeah. but <laughs> his eyes don't light up the way they used to. <laughs> <sighs> what can you do? But the cute thing I have to say, the cutest thing right now is with Sona's babies. We haven't right. even met them yet, but he, when they like in the final week or so of her pregnancy, maybe a few weeks. Mm-hmm. He was like a grandfather. He was like, I can't Aww. believe they're going to be born when I'm out of town. I think oh, I need to sweet. be there. I was like, you do not need to be there. She does not <laughs> she want to be there. Yeah. She wants nothing to do with you right now. But he's so excited. He shows me pictures of those kids like more often than I think he may have ever looked at pictures of our kids when they were oh, that age. Like, they're they're really so cute. Funny. Oh, my God. 
It's it's I mean, amazing. Yeah. So yeah. he that's a very sweet kind of um, foreshadowing, I think, of how he might be as a grandparent. As a grandparent. Oh. Yeah. yeah. What a sweetie pie. Oh, isn't he just a bundle <laughs> I'm not really of love? coming around on him. <laughs> yeah. He's just all sweetness and light. No, I it it is you know, it's funny. Whenever we're together and, and you're there, he is he's there's just he he just softens and relaxes and it, that's it's nice. Yeah, it's it's true. It's <laughs> I always want you around. <laughs> Works for Liza, would you would you ever want to collaborate on something creative with Conan? You know, we uh, collaborated on naming our children. Okay. <laughs> and I... That was enough. ...was like... That's a tough Oh, one. I see what everyone has been going through with this one because he's got such an unbelievable work ethic slash self-hatred that <laughs> there is no happening upon the right answer early in the process. It's right. just by definition can't be the right answer if you've hit on it early. Right. So if it comes it, too easy. Mm-hmm. It has right. to come at the end of a long and agonizing process. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and I was very new to the scene when this was all happening. I'd only known him right. for a couple of years. And so I was like, oh, we got a good list. We got like five yeah. possibilities that we kind of like, you know, right. and I'm four months pregnant. And he, and he was like, oh, no, no, no. None of these will be the names. Like, okay, And he well, was like, we've got time. Totally. We and can l- wait until the very last second. He was pitching up until she was born, literally. <laughs> until the child is one year old. Yeah, right. So I think that maybe it's best if we want to keep uh, liking each other <laughs> for right. us to mm-hmm. have our own separate spheres and uh, leave it at that. <laughs> Do you have any other memories of... Uh, you know, the time of the, the, the early time, late night show years, uh, either on or off the stage. Oh my God. That are some of your favorite memories. I think that this meant a lot to Conan too. I think that it all, you know, when you really work in a place for a long time, it all gets very complicated and, and, you know, becomes a, a real mixed bag. But, um, I never got over the thrill of Rockefeller Center I never, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't believe that he worked there. Like he, you know, was paid to show up there every day. And he did a show in this sort of like iconic, you know, landmark building. Right. Uh, that, and the energy in that building is really, you know, special. And the way the hallways would be full of like crazy um, costumes and and bizarre celebrities and the photos lining the walls were amazing and um, you never knew who you were going to run to in the elevator. Like, that was all. And that it was like three subway stops from our apartment. That, that was exciting. Trend. And also, I think, on top of that, like, show business in New York City seems like less of a, a, a thing than it is, obviously, out in Los Angeles. So it... It's so I different, think it seems right? more special. Yeah, it's more that like, I guess it's just more old fashioned feeling, you know, here and here it's kind of like people do amazing things here, but they're all kind of siloed. And there it feels like there's this big rush of, you know, um, broadcast entertainment and you're like Mm -hmm. swimming in that river somehow. Um, and and, and in that great building where it all kind of started out, you know, yeah, with the, the mural and the mm-hmm. you know terrazzo floors, like it's just and the tourists and the tree, like it's it's crazy to me that that was his workplace, you know. And yeah. I would bring the kids when they were really really little, and 
I just think, you know, I didn't do it a lot because I didn't want it to feel too regular to them. Right. You know, I wanted it to <laughs> right. feel special. and That's smart. Um, and uh, I thought, well, what a cool imprint this must be making on their little brains, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Liza. This has been so You're much fun. You're so welcome. Thank you, Liza, for joining us. That was really fun. Yeah, it was great talking to her. I know. In a and having it all recorded for a change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and having her spill the beans. Yeah. Ooh, that's that's a big a written podcast. I uh that's such a big Oh, I know. undertaking. Yeah. I know. It's it's already kind of a nightmare just recording yourself. I know. That's not what I'm thinking. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's exciting. It's a cool idea, though. That's going to be fun. It is really cool. I know. I yeah. wonder how she came up with it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, no, we actually do love doing this podcast. I know I make it sound like we don't, but we do. And we hope that you like it, too. Um, and you can support us and tell us that you like the show by rating Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast on iTunes and leaving us a review. And we read them. The good yes. ones. Uh, you read them. <laughs> yeah, I read Play. them every night before bed. Right, right, right. Feel alive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we have a listener question this week. We do. Yeah, this one's directed at us. What? I'm told. That's what I, yeah. Hey, Jesse and Mike, there you go. What more proof do you need? Oh my gosh, you're right. I have a question I'm not sure if you've answered before. I'd love, and love is in all caps, of course. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, that's why we're answering this one because love is in all caps. I'd love to hear the origins of the Inside Conan podcast. Whose idea was it? No idea. I think you'll have to listen to Inside Inside Conan. You're right, for exactly. The to this. Which is that's coming out soon. And uh, <laughs> how did you two become the hosts? Oh boy! How do you get the wonderful guests? And what's the story for the long gap between seasons two and three? Mm. Where the Fuck were you guys? <laughs> it it goes from love. This is a lot of passion in this. There really email. is. Um, and this is from Jeff Ewing in New Jersey. Wow. Or wait, no, it might be Jeff in Ewing, New Jersey. Oh, sorry, I didn't see. Is that Ewing, comma. New Jersey, a place? It is. Okay. <laughs> this is where my upbringing in New Jersey really finally pays off. <laughs> I mean, I his finally last name use. could also be Ewing, but... Yeah, yes, Je it's Jeff Ewing from... A, from Ewing, Ewing New, New Jersey. Jersey. He's the founder. Or Jeff, New Jersey. Anyway, whose idea wow. was it? I whose don't idea? No, I have no you idea. You asked me to do it, I think. I asked you to do it. Or I you, was, you referred me for it. Jeff Ross came to me and said, uh, they're going, they want to do a behind-the-scenes podcast. And this was just when the podcast wing of the of Team Coco was just getting off the ground. And I think they were yes. like, uh, we need a way to practice making right, podcasts. Right, 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 right. We need someone to test out our equipment. Yeah. Yes, our experiments. And Sweeney doesn't seem that busy. Let's... <laughs> so I, I, you know, I immediately was like, oh, it's going to... Oh, extra work. No, no. But, uh, I, and so I said, yeah, I'll do it. And then... They're like, uh, how about a co-host? And I thought of you immediately. I mean, oh. well, no, well, thank yeah. you. Yes, we'll just, I feel like uh, we've been through a lot together and uh, I just love yeah, talking. Yeah, we have. 
I love chatting with you. So it seems I do too. And like then, yeah, a I mean, no I brainer think to me. You knew that I wouldn't uh I wouldn't overshine you on the podcast. That's important. Exactly. Because I, <laughs> I hired you originally, so I knew wait, but yes. I can't I can't undo my limitations. I can't undo any of that. No. No, you I did was, hire me. We've I think we've had really good chemistry since that it's interview. No, I, um, I I thought of you because you'd overshadow me, and I was like, "Oh, good. <laughs> then I don't have to I don't have to work as hard. Thank God." And then that turned out to not be the case. I feel my plan worked. So, uh, yeah, kudos to me. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm trying to remember. Well, I definitely remember when I first met you, and you interviewed me for right. the writing job on the show, right? Well, and this is something I've asked you about, but yeah. in the interview, because I had submitted a packet and I was really right. excited to get called in for an interview. Right. And then I sat there and you in your office and you told yeah. me that there was no opening, that there was no position open. Oh. But you huh. said, I, you know, I still just wanted to meet with you and chat. Yeah. And I didn't know if that was, <laughs> in retrospect now, I don't know if that was a strategy. Were you trying to make me feel more comfortable i i don't remember saying that to you you definitely what? said that or maybe it was a joke and well, i just maybe didn't it get was, it maybe it was a joke it might like, have been a joke and i was like oh okay well anyway nice knowing you and i think i started to well, walk out the door well i i think the reason you didn't get it is because it's a really if I, <laughs> I did say it it's a really bad joke it's not a it's, well, it's tough in a, a when, I, when you've just met somebody and right. they don't know your sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. Hot, in quotes. <laughs> uh, no, but it actually did kind of put me at ease because I thought, oh, well, then, you know, oh, yeah. who cares? Oh, yeah. That's my brilliant interview strategy. <laughs> and I was already in a little bit of a who cares position because of just things that were <laughs> like I had my personal life was in turmoil. So... I think I <laughs> I played it very cool in that interview, yeah. which I would like to think got me the job. Uh, no, you were really silly and, and funny. And I was struck by how relaxed you were. Because, <laughs> uh, you know... Because I didn't think there was a job opening. Right. And, all you know, I'm incredibly intimidating. So, no, but I... <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like we just had a fun, loose conversation. So, it's yeah, we so did. it's so weird how... You know, you spend the same day in the writer's room with this. I know we've talked about this. The same 10 people. And so there really is this kind of chemistry. And everyone's kind of got to to get along on all these different levels. Like the same sense of humor. But also, I think, per, personally, it yeah. just always, it always kind of works. It's weird how that always seems well, to work out. Well, and it sort of out. forms. It creates. And then, and right. especially as you are... Fit, helping each other and uh, right. f- kind of building on each other's comedy. I right. think that act maybe brings everybody together. But then there are o- those always those moments where we're procrastinating and don't want to do the task <laughs> at hand where someone will, you know, talk about something from their past or, and everyone's just riveted. And also oh, yeah. it's kind of, so you know, over the months, it's a very organic way to really learn about each person you're working with. And and usually in the writer's room, people tell, they tend to be confessional stories, I think, because yeah. they're usually embarrassing, <laughs> awful Because there's sort of things. an unspoken 
code of uh, it's like attorney client privilege in there. Right. That's true. <laughs> you can confess to murder and it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. We, we, yeah. There's some, uh, there's been some great stories coming out, <laughs> out of that, <laughs> that room that, yeah, maybe you don't want to repeat. But, uh, but I think you and I probably really became friends uh, and not just coworkers when we started doing the travel shows. Right. And then we were, you know, on long plane rides and on long yes. bus rides yeah. and just in hotels at midnight, kind of trying to re make a plan for the next day right. after something had gone wrong. Right. <laughs> yes. That, uh, yeah, no, it, that's that's a very intense way to get to know each other. And it's like you, me, and Jose Arroyo. Yeah. And Jason Shalemi, our producer, and of course Conan and Jeff Ross. I mean, and and that was basically the the team. Yeah. Uh, um, other than the crew that shot everything. So yeah, you really uh, we really got to know each other. Yeah, and you kind of have to drop a lot of I mean, especially in a situation like that where you're sort of under fire and having to make last minute calls on things and like run and gun, we would always call it. Um, yes. Where you're just out on the street with a camera following Conan. And it, I think that that pressure forces you to really start to trust each other and be honest with each other. And it's like, okay, you know, even if you're, especially with our jobs, a lot of what we do is reassuring Conan that everything's under control. Right. And but then we could come back to each other and be like, no, this is not going well. Yes, yes. That <laughs> I is, need help, please. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, because he can smell fear and indecision and insecurity in a yes. second. So you you yeah, you smile at him and say right. and thumbs up and then you turn back to the group and Yes. Oh, we lie to him before we shoot something. It's like, <laughs> we've, we've vetted these people. They're going to be great. Mm -hmm. Everything. <laughs> now get in there. They were like, yeah. Come on. we're lying cornermen, you know. I know. It, yeah. But hey, it works. It, it, does, it does seem to work. Rarely. There are times where things go wrong, where we're all just. He hasn't been killed yet. Right. Yes, we lower our expectation. Then it's like, well, you're still alive. <laughs> is any of this funny? No, we're gonna. <laughs> yeah, the other thing is, you know, we'd have, you know, you talk about running and gunning. We also always set up more things than we know we can shoot. So a lot of times, we're like, oh, we have to either cancel this or move it to later tonight. So there's a lot of chess oh, pieces yeah. we're moving around. So it's it's very intense. I would always joke. I mean, <laughs> it seemed like in every single travel episode we'd have something involving school children <laughs> yeah and like some sort of sweet moment that conan was gonna go and and ha do something with school children and then right. it, like for even for reasons beyond our control that element would always get canceled and then we'd be like oh jason we have to we have to tell the children that we're not coming <laughs> and the children were probably like we don't care we don't know who that is anyway right 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 I'd feel bad for... I mean, it's just... Oh, well, you know what? I, I remember we canceled one thing and I just like, I'm going to donate to this group. I just sent the money. <laughs> That's right. And I, I did that too. <laughs> so there, maybe that was their strategy all along. But you and I, I'm trying to think of... You know what? To me, I one crazy thing... Do you remember when we were in Haiti? I and, mean, yes, in general. Yes. 
And the last night, we I was sleeping on the floor in the basement of this house we were staying oh, in. Yeah. And, and then I think the last night, you and I had to split a bedroom. Yes, do that's re- right. <laughs> I do I, remember. I was terrified. I was just like, oh my... That was the scariest part of the trip for you. It was. It was. It was. <laughs> they were two beds, and I was like, "How far apart?" They were on we? like opposite sides of yes, the room. Yes, yes, yes. But I just worry. I was worried about snore. All I was worried about was like, "Oh God, what if I yeah. snore?" And you're going to tell all the other riders. What if I wet the bed? Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I don't even remember. I feel like I went to sleep before you, and then yes. woke up and. You were already gone. It was like nothing yeah. happened. Exactly. I, yeah, I think I woke up at like early and was like, "All right, get the fuck out of here." <laughs> I ran. Go out back of to room. the basement. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know. I'm trying to think of other. Yeah, what other? Uh, crazy... I mean, there was so many crazy. Oh yeah. The so speaking of having to lie to Conan and tell him everything's okay. Right. There was that time when we were in Japan and we had flown across to Conan Town. Which was a real town, or yeah, right? Right. I mean, it celebrated. Was, they changed the name. It celebrated the fictional character, Detective Conan, a- anime character. Yeah, but we had flown to the wrong airport, and so as soon as we got, as soon as we landed, just the, there was a look on our local fixer's face that kind of told us everything. <laughs> he was well. There was going to be. We were told there was a giant. Uh, all these newscasters, yes, news there was reporters, like a and a band and a parade had all traveled to the airport to greet us. And At we the get other off the airport. Yes, we get off the plane, and our fixer, who is very low key, was just like, he literally just said, We're at the wrong airport. <laughs> yeah, and then we had to talk to Conan and be like, um, so we're gonna uh, get in a bus and then we're gonna go to the other airport. And then we're gonna pretend that we landed in that airport. I don't. I don't actually think that we ever were pretending. No, I think we. Tried I think to, then we made it part of the show. Yes, that's the thing. Like you just go, oh, okay. Well, this is part of the story now. I mean, the thing is, when I heard we we're at the wrong airport, I thought, oh, that's it. We're we're fucked. And, but then yeah. I found out that the other airport, both airports, were around fifty minutes from Conan Town. Yeah. So I I knew we because Conan Town had a giant. The mayor was giving Conan a key. There was there was all there was a giant burger barbecue for Conan. Like we had to get to that town. So yeah. when I when I knew we could barely get there in time, I was like, okay, now let's just get there. Um, but at first, when you hear a wrong airport, I think I'm oh, thinking yeah. you're not. I'm thinking like United States where it's like you're supposed to be in Phoenix. No, and we have you, to get back on the you've plane. You've landed in yeah. Minnesota. <laughs> but it wasn't it was more like we we landed in Scottsdale. So Yeah. Yeah, but it was <laughs> it was terrifying. That was terrifying. Yeah, the modes of transportation were usually the places where things were the scariest. Cause there were a lot of um <laughs> well, one thing that always cracked me up. So we would get into a van and then in certain places, the local police would create like a like a couple of cops would go out on motorcycles in front of us and right. make it possible for us to go through heavy traffic because there's yes. a lot of traffic in a lot of other cities around like the world. In Armenia, I remember it in Armenia. Yeah, the motorcade. The motorcade. Yeah, it was... Uh, I felt guilty, but I also... 
wanted to hire them to come back to Los Angeles. I know, to just have that all the time. Oh, my God. To have a police motorcade. Oh, man. That's got to go to your head where you're... We were we were in another location where they said, oh, when the president motorcade comes through, they don't stop. Like if you, it, 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 they said it's on the citizens, it's their burden to know to get out of the way. Like they do not. Right, right. Yeah. So you could hit a person and it's just completely legal. It's like uh, president, presidential right away. <laughs> it's a presidential casualty. Yeah. Um, yeah, wait, did we answer the question about how the podcast came about? I think we did. <laughs> I think we did a really long time ago. Yeah. No, but I mean, I'm, oh, you know, he asked about what the, what was with the gap between seasons two and oh, yeah. three. Yeah. Seasons two and three. I mean, I don't know exactly, to be honest. I think that it might've been partially COVID related. And then it was also just that Team Coco was starting so many other podcasts. And yeah. Maybe they didn't have the bandwidth. Plus, yeah. it felt like, what else do we have to cover with Inside Conan? But then we yeah. discovered we have more. There's still more. There's more to talk about. We we didn't know a House of Gucci was coming out. <laughs> if we had known that, we okay. would have started season three sooner. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you for that question. And if you're still listening... <laughs> And you have listener questions. The number to leave us a voicemail is 323-209-5303. And you could also send us an email and or you could send us an email inside Conanpod at gmail.com. And that's it. That's our show. Yes. Thank you for listening. Truly. Thank you. It's a new year. Same us. But <laughs> we're all in this together and other cliches. Right. <laughs> it's a new year. You're getting better. I'm going in the other direction. <laughs> and we'll see there how that plays to, out. We have to maintain a balance. Yes. Thanks for listening. We like you. Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, is hosted by Mike Sweeney and me, Jesse Gaskell. Produced by Sean Doherty. Our production coordinator is Lisa Byrne. Executive produced by Joanna Solotaroff. Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. Engineered and mixed by Will Beckton. Our talent bookers are Gina Batista and Paula Davis. Thanks to Jimmy Vivino for our theme music and interstitials. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And of course, please subscribe and tell a friend to listen to Inside Conan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you like best. It's the Conan Show. Put on your hat. It's the Conan Show. Try on some spats. You're gonna have a laugh. Give birth to a calf. It's Conan. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.